Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 61. First episode of the new year. Happy 2018, listeners. Yeah. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and make the magic happen, Mr. Jason Zolanez. Could you imagine what kind of world it would be if humans had... I'm imagining that world, and it's disgusting. If you love Cigar City Radio, and we know that you do because you're listening, you can subscribe to the show via your favorite podcast app, whether that be on Android or iOS or Windows Phone. Do people still have Windows Phones? I have no idea if people still have Windows Phones. If you have a Windows Phone, download a podcast app on your Windows Phone store and subscribe to us. You could do it. We're everywhere. Just search for Cigar City Radio. It's easy to find. We're even on Spotify now, so you don't even need a separate podcast app. You can listen to all your music, all your favorite records, and Cigar City Radio in the same spot, all episodes. It's beautiful. And you can find us on social media. How? Well, our new intern, Kasha, is going to let you know. Kasha, where can they find us? Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cigar City Radio. That was beautiful. Thank you very much. The episode you're about to listen was recorded at the world-famous Blind Tiger Cafe in the heart of Ybor City, Tampa, Florida. The Blind Tiger Cafe is a speakeasy-inspired coffee house. We serve vegan pastries, coffee, tea, beer, kombucha, etc., etc., etc. Our guest on this episode is former NFL player and radio personality Ian Beckles. Ian Beckles played nine seasons in the NFL, seven with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two with the Philadelphia Eagles. He was the former co-host of the highly rated Ron and Ian show on 620 WDAE. He now hosts his own show, The Ian Beckles Show, on 102.5 The Bone every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. He's also got his own football podcast, In the Trenches with Ian Beckles, that you can find wherever you're listening to Cigar City Radio. You can find it in the podcast app because it's a podcast. That's how it works. Yeah. Keep up with everything Ian Beckles, including his brand Dignitary Life via Twitter at Ian Beckles. So here it so is. Here it is. Episode 61. That's that's my line, Kasha. Like, what are you doing? Um, trying to help you out. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's pretty bold in turn. It is a Tuesday afternoon in Ybor City, Florida. It's a beautiful day, actually. We're hanging out with a man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways. Is seven seven year vet for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Played you know nine years in the NFL. Right, co-host of the Ron and Ian Show on WDAE. Now he's got the Ian Beckles Show on 102.5 The Bone. And I, you do so much stuff, man. I feel like you're always, always busy doing something because you also got your podcast too, right? In the trenches with Ian Beckles, yeah. And uh, you still, you're doing the flavor of Tampa Bay too. Uh, well, I'm glad you gave me an introduction because I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. So <laughs> I just finished my podcast in the trenches. I also have another podcast, uh, Flavor in Your Ear, mm-hmm. 
I'm on the bone every day now, like literally every, every day. Every day, yeah. Damn. So Monday through Friday, five to six a.m. Bright and early. Saturday, I have a show with Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue. It's called Flavor. We just talk about food yeah. and uh, entertaining stuff like that. And then Sunday is my show, Ian Beckler Show, eleven to one on the bone. So I, you know, I don't work a lot of hours, but, but I'm, I work often. Yeah, I work you do a lot, a lot of stuff. things, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. You're still rooting for the Bucks, I can see, because you got the the Bucks hat. And you know you yeah. talk a lot about the Bucks, even though you went you went and played for the Eagles for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, and you're you're not originally from Tampa, but you've, Tampa's become your home now. Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Montreal, mm-hmm. Canada, but I've been here since 1990, so I've been in Tampa longer than I was in Montreal. So I mean, this is this is my hometown now. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I played in Philadelphia for two years. Couldn't pay me enough to live there. There's not <laughs> yeah. enough money. I spent a summer in Philly. There's not enough money. <laughs> They're just. It's just not. That's not me. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I literally would have to take a lot of money to get me to leave this this area. Yeah. I, I love I love Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's a great it's a great place to be. It is. I like your hat, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this yeah, is man, actually the um, the Jameis one. The, oh, is it uh, Jameis yeah, one? The James okay. One. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to see Vinny Testaverde right after this. I haven't seen Vinny in maybe a dozen years. And uh, I'm trying to get him to sign a, a jersey for me. So oh, I'm going right to go on. meet up with him at Old Memorial. And uh, I haven't seen him forever. So looking forward to seeing him. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually just heard a, a, a funny story last night. We were in the studio with this guy, George Harris. And he records uh, for Brian Johnson from ACDC. And he mm-hmm. said, I guess back in the day, they invited Brian Johnson to come, you know, you know, meet the Bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's ACDC. So, yep. you know, they brought him out on the field. And uh, he was walking through and he saw... A shirt that said B Johnson and he picked it up and he's like oh this is you know th- thank you for making the custom jersey and they were like no no that's Brad Johnson's okay, jersey yeah, yeah. but he's from England he's like I don't even I don't know who the I don't know who yeah. that guy is you know who's Brad Johnson yeah, yeah. you know well, he could wear the jersey yeah I mean, exactly B yeah. Johnson that's that's who he is I'm actually I would never wear a jersey with my name on it no really but in that situation he could actually do it and get away with it yeah, yeah. I don't like people wear jerseys with their name on it. It's weird. You, it's you weird. Don't, so you don't like the custom jersey thing, or nah. people? You know? Nah, it's weird. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. <laughs> you know, like I've had the light. You know, I was in sports radio forever, and the Lightning will give us these presents, and they give us a beautiful jersey and put my name on the back. Yeah, that's not what I want. Why the fuck are you gonna walk around with a name tag on? That's what I mean. First of all, in one of my Lightning game. I want my name on my back walking around. Oh, no. Who am I <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. No. It's all me, dude. Yeah. It's I'll go Stamkos or whatever, but I don't want to see Beckles in the back of a yeah. hockey jersey. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. someone's going to no, make yeah, it. Somebody's going to make it now. Somebody's going to make a Beckles. Probably. And you don't, if you play ball, you don't wear your own jersey either. That's True. just Is it not like something. a superstitious thing? Uh, no, it's just a human thing. Yeah, okay. You, you know, nobody. <laughs> You know, when you go out in public, you don't even wear. No any. way, yeah, no, that, no, that's no, a definite no, 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 too, right? Yeah. When I played, I actually didn't wear Buccaneer stuff yeah. when I was walking around. That's that's yeah. it's you too much. Enough, it's, over it's, ki- it's overkill. It's yeah. overkill. You know what I mean? What, now that I'm done, I wear Buccaneers and Tampa Bay stuff all the time to represent. But um, you know, I'm, I'm just representing the orange since they got rid of the orange, and I'm not too happy with that. No, me neither. I, I was a I love the orange stuff. They canceled the uh, the throwback game. What like yeah. two years ago? Just like yeah. two weeks before. Like nope, we're gonna pull the game. Well, yeah. they actually had the throwback. Well, actually, no. I think they it was something with the helmets. I well, remember they said they couldn't change helmets, yeah. and the, but then I noticed. Who was it? The Broncos. Mm-hmm. They had on navy blue helmets sure. that were totally different than their normal helmets. Well, so what that, I think the changed. ruling was you could only have one helmet. 
So you can't wear orange and then wear the Buccaneers colors with the helmet. Okay. So that's why they had to get rid of the orange, and it's never going to be gone. We all, all we'll keep cushion. Yeah, 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 they yeah, mold, yeah, I think they mold the helmets now, Correct. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. to the yeah. person's head, so they don't want to keep changing things. I mean, there, there's a guy. You know, we've we've been season ticket holder for like 20 years. You know, so yeah, we really? got a 97. Um, yeah, nice. so there's a guy in uh, in our section that still rocks his Eric Red jersey. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and so, so you guys waited for me to leave to become uh, season ticket. Holder. I left. I left. <laughs> That's, that's actually that's what we 96. waited for. We were oh, like, okay, Beckles is off the team now. Let's <laughs> let's buy him. I remember my dad taking me in the early '90s and walk up to the window, and he would say, "Where do you want to sit? Where do you want to sit?" And you could literally pick anywhere yeah. you wanted to sit. And then as the years, you know, when Dungey came and they changed the uniforms, and it became you know three hundred thousand people on a waiting list. Yeah, things changed so quickly when, when I left here in '96, which would have been Dungey's first year. Yeah. You know, people were starting to love the Bucks a little bit. And then I came back when they played Detroit in the playoffs. I sat in the stands. They lost that game. And then the year after, I went to a playoff game, and I actually sat in Warren Sapp's box. And I sat and watched the field, and I go, I don't know what the hell just happened. Because the, the electricity in that stadium was 50 times what we used to have. Was yeah. that the last year at Hulahan? Uh no, that was actually the first year in the new in the new, new stadium. stadium. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, the new stadium was like magic. Yeah, it was cra- like yeah. it was crazy, and those guys were all dancing and acting a fool. And when I'm watching the Bucks now, I'm like, that ain't it, man. Uh, no. It ain't it no more. Because like on kickoff, there's twenty thousand people there, and it's just no. I don't know, man. There's, there's, more, there's more away fans than there are way home more. Fans, yeah, on know? that Monday night last night, I'm happy that you know the Falcons were red. Or else it would have been, if it was blue, it would have been blue everywhere. Yeah. And that's embarrassing when you're playing on national TV Absolutely. and the stadium's half empty and half of them are, have blue jerseys. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, we've fallen a long way. Yeah. So let's, let's say, you know, hypothetically, you know, somebody, they, they put you in charge. They make you GM, GM Ian Beckles. Yeah, man. What, what's the move? What's, what's the first thing that you do if you're GM of the Bucks right now? The first thing I do, I strengthen both lines. You know, everybody wants to say, oh, we got Jameis as a quarterback and we have great receivers, and we do. Mm. Nobody's ever won in any level of football without good lines. It's not, it can't happen. It doesn't work. So if you can't rush the passer and then, you know, impose your will on somebody on offense, you can't win. Yeah. I mean, even you see a team like this, the Saints. The Saints are winning right now. The Saints run the ball 50% of the time. That's a good equation. Yeah. If you have your quarterback throw the ball 45 times a game, bad things are going to happen eventually. So I strengthen my offensive line. You know, Dallas Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones was uh, drafting offensive lineman in the first round. Everybody's like, he's crazy. Now all of a sudden, you know, they, they can play. And it doesn't even matter who's behind them anymore yeah. because they're solid up front. So get I, Jason Light's been around a long time to not have found a pass rusher. Yeah, I'm going to go find me a pass rusher somewhere, somehow, by accident. Um our left tackle may be left the worst in football. Donald Smith just can't play. I don't think he's going to be around next year. Um, and those aren't easy things to go out and just go snag. You just go, go snag a left tackle yeah. or a pass rusher. They're not out there. So um, you got to be a good, evaluator, uh, good at evaluating talent. And I, I don't see talent on our defensive line at all. Chris Baker, they paid him all kind of money. I'm not sure he's made a play this year. Best thing he's done is be a clown on hard knocks. It was great. He was a clown. It was funny. It was funny. I'm like, this guy's awesome. I mean, everybody, I literally can't think of a play he made this no. year. I know he made a bunch of money. So, there, Gerald McCoy, I've been the guy. I've been on Gerald McCoy for a long time. I mean, people still tell me he's great, 
but I've never seen somebody who's great that when I put the film on, he's not doing something. And that's what everybody wants to tell me he's great. Yeah. But it's a long time into Gerald McCoy's career now for your greatness not to ever to have equated into anything. Like, he's been to six Pro Bowls. Our defense has never been ranked high. He's never won anything. And he's never had statistics. So I just don't understand the whole thing. And his mentality, you have to have a certain mentality as a football player. Mm -hmm. I I had um, Al Bubba Baker on my show the other day. He's an old school Detroit Lion guy. And I I looked in his eyes and that's the mentality that I want. Like he's trying to crush everybody and he thinks he's the baddest MFer on the field all the time. And I said to him, I said, what do you think about somebody picking somebody up off the ground? He goes, who's doing that? And I said, well, I got, I got in trouble in the press because I said, Gerald McCoy needs to stop picking people up off the ground. You don't see Ray Lewis picking people up off the ground. You smash them in the face and you get back to the huddle and you, you talk bad about them a little bit. You know, it's not about being nice. I don't understand this whole being nice thing. Yeah. Like you could be nice if you want, but you can't be the leader of a defense if you're nice. You got to be a bad son of a gun. I mean, and, and stop picking people up off the ground. The baddest ones didn't do that. If I had an offensive line coach that one time saw somebody pick somebody off the ground, he stopped the film, he turned the lights on, he goes, if I ever see a son bitch pick somebody off the ground again, I'm going to cut you immediately. And he goes, not only do I not want you to pick somebody off the ground, if the whistle doesn't blow, go down and gore him. That's the world I came from. Yeah. And that's all I know. So when I see people being nice on a football field, it just... It doesn't sit well with me. Do you think that's like a culture shift in the NFL in general? Because I feel like even the NBA is like that. Like you talk, you hear Charles Barkley and these guys talk about like, you know, the, the players now are soft. You know, there was, was much more smash mouth in the 90s. It was kind of the same way in football, too. In the world. Yeah. Uh, that's, Our world. It's true. Our world is like that now. Everybody, you got to be nice. You can't be mean to anybody. Everybody's getting bullied, you know, yeah. bully. I mean, does anybody in this room not get bullied? Who hasn't been bullied? And getting bullied and getting your way out of it is how you grow. Yeah. You know, now we have kids that are getting bullied in school and they're going to be on television next to their mommy talking about how they're getting bullied. How is that going to help the situation? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I have kids. I have three kids. None of my kids ever came to me and said I'm getting bullied. But I would say this. I would say take care of it. Dot their freaking eye. Are you sure? Dot them and take, take care. Whatever you got to do to stop them from doing that, do it. Are you sure it's because the other kids didn't know that their dad was Ian Beckles? You know? Well, my kids are all pretty sturdy, man. <laughs> I, I believe it. I my believe kids it. are all pretty darn sturdy to where you, you know they're not gonna, they're not going to get pushed around like that. And it shouldn't matter about size; it should be a respect thing. Yeah, I don't care how if you weigh 120 pounds, good for you. And I I, I weigh 120 times three, but if I'm 120 <laughs> pounds and somebody is stepping to me, I'm gonna say, "Yo, bro, if you don't step back, I'm gonna smash you with this microphone." Yeah. But then it's, it's got to be real, though. Whatever comes out of your mouth got to be real because I know 120-pound dudes that are badass cats. I mean, that's just that's the way they came, they, they're on the earth, you know? Yeah. And I've seen football players 330 that were soft, and I saw football players that are 170 that will run through this wall 10 times straight. Yeah. So, you know, life's about a mentality, but the, in general, society is really, really, really soft. I had a football camp uh, this summer. I didn't know kids can be that soft. I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware, you know. I mean, I, I, I live in South Tampa, which is the most privileged area around. And I got kids, you know, one kid doing down-ups, you know. And he says, uh, Coach, I don't want to get my shirt dirty. And he's wearing a peach 
V-neck shirt. Yeah, peach. A peach V-neck shirt, and he said, I don't want to get my shirt dirty. I said, bro, if you don't hit the ground within the next four seconds, you're going to run the rest of the time. And that's the kind of stuff, like, we, that, wouldn't have, that wouldn't have worked in my world. Yeah. Like, growing up. Like, like I grew up with, with goons. Like, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't going out and breaking the law. Right. But we carried ourselves so much different than these kids now. We just didn't let anybody act a fool. You know, it just, it's, it's hard for me to look at. And when I'm doing a football camp and I want to inspire kids to be football players, that's not it. Like that, like you want to tell that kid, come, let me see your mother. Say, Yo, football's not for this kid, man. He's wearing a peach shirt. <laughs> and, and listen, I'll wear a peach shirt when I'm out trying to be stylish. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But not on a football field. And, right. and a lot of kids were just there because your parents dropped them off to be babysat. Teach them how to play flute. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. not great at flute. I was just able to run into people and smash them. And so not everybody is – football is not the sport. If, you, if your kid doesn't like football, it ain't the sport. Like you go fake baseball. Sure. You could fake soccer. You could fake basketball. Can't fake football. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. So if your yeah. kid doesn't want to play football, don't put them in football. The older they get, the, the you can't you – know, no, the harder I mean, they hit, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, football is, football is hard hitting all the way through. Yeah. All the way through. So, so what was the locker room culture then like back back when you were playing? Were there were there you know alphas on the team that would kind of you know run shit and put keep people in line or you know what, what was it like? Well, I mean, if you really think about it, the the whole locker room was full of alphas. I mean, True. even yeah. even the last alpha was an alpha where he came from. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, because they but, were the best player in their high school or but whatever. They were the best and, player know, in the conference. And, and, yeah, in the conference. You know, so to get yeah. to an NFL locker room. You had to be the best player in your college locker room, which had 110 players. Yeah. Like my college had 110 players. Two of us went played in the league. Okay. So the year before that, maybe one. So there's not a lot of NFL players. Like I, I had, I hear from people, Hey, I was a great high school football player. I would have made it in the league. I'm like, yo, bro, first of all, you're a great high school player. Good. Yeah. Just to say you'd have been a great college player is really reaching. But to say you could have made it in the league, you're just wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I was, you know, I excelled throughout my whole career and I, my aspirations were to play in the league, but so many things have to happen and fall into place to get that done. Uh, you almost got to get lucky a little bit. Yeah. And I don't believe in luck, but you got to be a little bit lucky throughout the way. Yeah. What do you think about the players now? They're a little softer these days, maybe because of the social media era, the, you know, all that stuff going on. Like you got like Odell Beckham, these mm-hmm. guys going on the boat. Taking photos, you know, yeah, they're, they're trying to act like it's ballers you know, on HBO. That's not that's not ever changed. The only thing that's changed is that there's social media. Now you see it. I got some what would have happened you. back when you were playing if, if there was social know. media? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but <laughs> would you have been in some trouble? Me, I, I was. I'd be honest with you. If I compare myself to a lot of other guys that were around, I was very tame. Okay. Like I was a guy to leave situations. Nice. Like I was that guy. Yeah. I'm no. I'm not a saint by any means. I get it in, but. There's times where I just like, okay, this is getting a little bit too much for me. Let me let me leave. You know, there was um, guys that I played with that, you know, I played with Warren Sapp and, you know, Alvin Harper and those guys. Those guys were nuts. Yeah. You know, and they, they couldn't exist today. They, they, wouldn't, they couldn't exist with the social media today. And I think the players were crazier way back when. I think social media has calmed people down because, you know, you could have done anything way back when, and nobody would even hear about it. You know, now 
you know, Jameis Winston stands on a table and he yells out something. Now it's like national news. Yeah. Man, the dude's like 19 years old, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 19-year-olds do stupid stuff. Yeah. They really do. Especially when they got that much money. Yeah. He probably still was at Florida State. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he was getting free uh, crab legs. That's but, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> at the very least. But, yeah. but listen, any, any college student can do that. Uh, and if you're a starting quarterback on a big time team, you, you get evaluated differently. Yeah. And no, nobody, nobody evaluates actors and singers like athletes. If an actor does something crazy, they're like, "Oh, he's a rock star. It's all. It's almost cool." Yeah. If an athlete does something crazy, it's really it's bad for some reason. Like it's the worst thing that could happen in the world. Yeah. It's the worst thing. And you know the. An athlete gets a DUI, and everybody's like, oh, my God, how can he get a DUI? He has that much money. You don't need a lot of money to get a taxi or an Uber, and there's people drunk, drinking and driving all over the place. The only difference is if any of you guys get a DUI, we're never going to hear about it. If I get a DUI, it would be on the front page, and I'm nobody. I'm nobody, but if I get a DUI... I'm going to be on the front page. If Jameis Winston gets a DUI, it's going to be on CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so is he that important? And and he's a he's a 23 year old young kid. You gave millions of dollars to Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, does he act right? I mean, all he does is party and act. But if he got a DUI, nobody would flinch. Nobody would care. Nobody would really give a crap. And you know, this to me, as I somebody who's in the media, I've been in the media for a long time. And I see how people perceive athletes compared to really everybody else in society. And athletes, they get it, they get it the harshest. That's for sure. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do I think that is? Um, I got a theory. Go ahead, please. There's a, there's a cast that's been set with musicians where they're allowed to be the party animal. So over time, I mean, you're looking back to the 20s and 30s when people mm-hmm. were smoking weed and then the 50s and 60s where miles davis has changed the course of music how many times and he was a heroin addict and you're talking about people that died in their 20s because they were on drugs or alcohol and they drive like assholes but then you talk about sports where these kids are wearing their jerseys and paying parents are paying 200 dollars for a nice set of clothing for their kid to wear it and idolize these people so if Jameis winston gets a dui you're talking about someone's kid looking up to that guy and seeing well, his fucking idol just got a DUI. What's the kid going to think about it? But if it's, what if your idol's a Miles Davis and he gets a DUI? Shouldn't it well, be the same thing? Miles Davis is dead and he I was understand. a heroin addict. <laughs> I and everyone knew it. I, well, you know? I mean, at that time, so, who wasn't a heroin addict? Of course, yeah. If, but if all Ray, right. Ray Charles was a heroin addict and he can't even see. Yeah. Oh, I'm not knocking you know anyone I mean? for anything. You know? I'm, you know? I think it's fine if, if a sports player gets a DUI. I don't give a shit personally. No, it's not fine. It's, like it's not fine. It's, it's not, not fine. fine. You're right. It's not fine. It's not I think fine. the sport, I, I think the I sport should say, matters, too. Yeah. Because yeah. look at Lance Armstrong. Like The guy lied and lied and lied and finally got caught. And then really nobody nobody gave a, a crap. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gave a like, crap. Oh, they're going to sue Nike. Nobody, nobody went after their money. Yeah. Like he, nah, got, he, got, mean, he got one up on us and nobody really. I think the sport. Also, you yeah. know, football, it's the, it's it's the, the, sport, it's the most popular it's the sport in the country right it's now. It's the country. Yeah, you got soccer yeah. players over in Europe. I'm a big soccer guy. I mean, there's guys that have gotten in accidents, yeah. killed people. They pay off the family, and that's it. They don't yeah. even go to jail. It's not, it's, you know, it's, As sports are involved, it's, it's also the country because you're talking about Lance Armstrong being in a heavily French-dominated sport. You're talking about soccer being in a heavily South American and European sport, but football – yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, Where's that? As American as apple pie. As nowadays. American as it gets, it's man. Baseball for sure. 
No, the culture, we have a culture in our country, okay? And we're seeing it now um, more so ever than ever with our president because our president doesn't hold anything back. Uh, so the, we're, we're as divided as we've ever been, and things are, as op- I think, as open as it's ever been. And I don't know if that's good or bad. But once again, being in the media, I see how the media lets you listen and you hear what they want. So I would be in the media and I'm reading stories. So if it's a black athlete or, or Hispanic athlete and they have six children, they'll say so-and-so out of wedlock, baby mama, all negative stuff. And then I read a story about a Caucasian baseball player with six kids. And the whole thing read, he's a playboy, he's a stud, Mm-hmm. And that's how it's coming across. We have to understand that there's a number, 90, I think they said 96% of Hollywood and everything that's written are written by white people. So the same is as we're, we're looking at athletes, um, people get drawn to what looks like them. That's a fact. I mean, people are like, what do you mean? I go, okay, say if they're in NASCAR. I don't like NASCAR. I don't know nothing about it. If there's a black NASCAR uh, racer, I'm going to be drawn to him. That's yeah. just the way it goes. Yeah. And whether we know it or not, Caucasian fans are drawn to Caucasian players. Right. And that's just the way it goes. And there ain't that many. So they look at athletes, or and this, this is the sad part, if somebody says dumb athlete, and I'm doing the quotations, people think of football players and they think of basketball players. There's no more educated athlete than a football or a basketball player. Hockey players don't go to school. Baseball players don't go to school. Uh, you know, they don't go to school. Basketball, they make you go one year to school. So they take a kid out of the hood that has no money, and they make him go to a year of school and waste his time and maybe forego millions of dollars. That's about as un-American as it comes for me. That's un-American as hell. So... Every other sport, golf, everything else, you can just go in and play yeah. at 12 if you want. And the only two sports you have to go to school are basketball and football, and that's it. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, I went to Wake Forest, and they get, they get a lot of like one-year guys in basketball yeah. that go to the yeah. NBA right away. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Teague, when I was, he was in my class and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a tutor, so I, I used to tutor these guys for classes. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and it was a really messed up thing because they had this reputation on campus like, oh, these guys are dumb. They don't give mm-hmm. a crap. And I really felt for them when I tutored because, they, first off, very smart guys, mm-hmm. all of them. And they worked their asses off. And they'd come in with a paper and it'd be like not done and it was due like mm-hmm. that night. And, I, and I'd, I'd you know, push them. I'd be like, man, why, did you, why didn't you finish your paper? And he'd be like, man, I was halfway across the country last night. Like I had to play a nationally televised basketball mm-hmm. game, yeah. get on a flight, come back, get up, go to practice. He was like, when am I? And he's like, I'm going to the NBA next year. So mm-hmm. why should I write this paper? And, I, and he was like, I, I, I tried my best with this, but mm-hmm. they're, they're basically, I have a full time job and I'm mm-hmm. a full time student. In the work. But that, but that um, was, it's that's not fair almost to them. an educated way to look at it. If you really think about it, mm-hmm. you have to prioritize stuff in your world. And if you have a basketball game to play, yeah. that basketball game is the most important thing in your world. That paper is not. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you're wasting your time going to school for one year. You're wasting your time. What do you need it for? They're going to take 12 credits. They're not going to go. Why would they? It doesn't make sense. It's a broken go, system. 
You know what I'm saying? So I mean, bad. it's a broken. It doesn't make sense. And then you see, you know, these schools making umpteens of millions of dollars and the corruption, and nobody really gets pissed off at Rick Pitino. Nobody really gets pissed off at him. The guy's a crook. The guy's a crook. I mean, these guys are stealing millions of dollars all over the damn place. And oh, by the way, I was an NCAA pl- player, and I wasn't allowed to have a job. What, or if I, if you're my friend and I yeah. buy you a meal and somebody takes to do a that. photo of it, not you, allowed to you do lose that. Your, your your career could yeah. be in jeopardy. Yeah, it's it's. But a joke. Rick Pitino's making millions of dollars because they have Nike swoosh on. You know, the the, the whole system itself is crazy now. And then they, then you got to hear, oh, we want we want NCAA playoffs. We want more games. What the hell does if I'm like last year, Christian McCaffrey and um, Leonard Fournette didn't play in their in their bowl game. Mm. I. I, I didn't like it because that to me is you're quitting on your team. Yeah. That's me. I'm playing, period. You got to think about business-wise, man. You tear your knee out the socket, then all of a sudden, you, th- those millions of dollars go away. So it's a business decision. If everybody, oh, let's do a 16-game playoff. These guys that are going to NFL don't want to play four more games. No way. What, what, and they're making no money. To go there and beat your head in for for who for the, so the school makes all that money, I don't know, man. Something has to change. They got to figure out a way to get these young kids that are smashing their heads into people and bringing umpteens of million dollars in people's pockets. You got to figure out a way to get them some money so they can get a freaking Big Mac. If if your team finishes six and six in college, do you want to wait around for three more weeks, not miss Christmas just to just to play in a meaningless? That's what game? happens. That's what I mean, happens. Is it really worth it? Could you get some gifts from Tostitos or whoever's you know sponsoring? You don't get none. They don't even give them the gifts anymore. You, I remember my my cousin when he kicked for Michigan at the yeah. Rose Bowl. They gave him you um, get some get you get a few things. Few you get things. You but get, is you it worth run. it to go bust no. your ass and potentially, like you said, tear up a ligament and your second first or second mm-hmm. round draft stock goes to the fourth yeah. or fifth? Well, I wasn't that. I wasn't you know looked at as that high of a recruit. So I would rather have played the game than not play it. But if I was a Christian McCaffrey or something like that, I, I kind of understand their their mentality. But everybody else is in Christmas vacation, and we're in Memphis, Tennessee, you know, smashing into each other, freezing cold, and like nobody really cares though. You know, nobody really cares what goes into it. They just like to look at the product and enjoy it. Right. But I'm just telling you, sometimes they have to start thinking from the the vantage point of an athlete and what they have to go through, and. Just like the NFL, they're talking about adding games. And you're talking about taking concussions out of the game. You're going to add games? Those that those things, don't, they don't go together. Yeah. You know? But they won't get rid of the preseason because that's just you know, two that's home games money, that they can get money. That's free money, dude. That's, that, that's, a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. What do did, what did the players, each player, get for the Thursday night game? Because they're talking about each individual player gets about a hundred and something grand for playing on Thursday no. night. I thought I, I thought I no. saw that because that's what the you know they said fifty percent of the players don't want to play, but then you have the players who aren't making a lot who that no. game means a lot. No, to they them. just make the normal. They make their normal their salary. normal salary. Okay, I thought there was a bonus for playing. No, on there should be. Yeah, because to me, Thursday night football is the it's worst pretty, product. Yeah, that's it's br- and the games yeah. are awful. You see players getting carted off All left the time. and right. See, I. I never played. They didn't have Thursday night football when I played, but I do. I do remember playing on Monday night and then playing the next Sunday. It, it's it's hard. I mean, what I mean hard physically, you usually play Sunday and then Sunday. You play Monday night, and that's a day and a half later. So it's a day and a half of recovery your body doesn't have. I can't imagine playing Sunday than Thursday. That's insane. If man. you play Sunday 
and you, okay, normally you come to the complex Monday, you watch film, Tuesday off, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice, Saturday hang out, Sunday play. If you play Sunday, you play Thursday, you play Sunday, Monday is like Friday. Your body has to be healed, and it ain't healed. You still got to go in a hot tub and get yourself ready for the day off, and that, that, that's too much on anybody's body. It's way, way too much. I'm surprised there's not more casualties out there. Yeah. Why do you, they can't put it on a Friday? You think a day? Because why? Because people aren't going to be I home mean, they on, could. on Friday nights, or you know, the ratings. What do you? There's what? other stuff going on Friday night, Thursday night. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a kind of a, a yeah. Lull there's nothing of a night happening. Really you know, it's the they TV can. thing. And so what Friday that, night yeah. is for high school football. Yeah, and then Saturday you they got the NCAA. That That's why yeah. I think now they start throwing in those Saturday games later in the season because there's no college football. Absolutely, there's really no yeah. competition for them. Which but makes that makes that makes sense. That makes Saturday game is no but Thursday, and and as fans is like. Well, I'm only watching this because mm-hmm. I have a fancy player, or but I don't want to watch the Rams and the mm-hmm. Cardinal. Well, Ram- I want to watch the Rams now, but yeah, you yeah, would. I would. Yeah. Yeah, I was would. telling my buddy, I'd give up a couple first round draft picks yeah. for Sean McVay now because mm-hmm. they're talking about the Gruden trade. I was reading his sure. article and I was thinking, I was like, I'd give up a lot for that guy. Yeah, but bro, let me tell you something. Okay, uh, coaching is overrated. You yeah. gotta have good football players, man. Yeah, their defense is. is I mean, Aaron, they have Aaron, they have some of the yeah, best talk players. You about D tackles, Aaron Donald, and what does McCoy make? About fifteen. Eight, I think about eighteen, 18 million. Um, yeah. Ish. Yeah. 18 so. million at 35 tackles and five sacks a year. Okay. Yeah. You know, I guess I, when I watch when I watch Aaron Donald play, I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, with frustration, you're talking about D, D line and O line. You know, I watch guys like uh, Michael Bennett who we let walk because they didn't want to offer, you know, matches tender one year. Five million dollars. Yeah. And then uh, a Donald Penn who he was yeah. washed. Correct. And he's, he's, he's going to miss his first game and I think it's like 07. Correct. Know, let Decent players just kind of go. We struck out that guy for the Bengals, that DN who was one struck year. Out, was, yeah, was yeah. Struck out, yeah, yeah. Struck out. Uh, Ayers just can't stay healthy. Mm-mm. He's too decent. But we just kind of struck out on free agents. Even Deshaun well, Jackson really hasn't. Well, I'm, I'm not blaming Deshaun for that. I think that's Jameis for me. Yeah. I mean, there's Deshaun has left a half dozen to eight touchdowns out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Jameis just can't figure him out. But, you know, Jameis has his strengths. Uh, Accuracy is not one of them. It's, it's not can't hit the running back out of the flat. No, at all. no, Still and this is high. When the when Deshaun runs that slant, and that's a tough throw. That slant's a tough throw. You can't put it behind him. You can't lead him too much. Uh, that's not his thing. And if you really look at the success that Jameis has had throughout his career, he's had it with you know Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. Those guys are both. They're never open. They're never Deshaun Jackson is open. Yeah, yeah. Mike Evans is never open. Throw the ball though. He's going to go get it. So that accuracy is not that big of a deal. If it's Mike Evans or Vincent Jackson or one-on-one, put the ball up in the air, that's their thing. Deshaun Jackson's a different animal. Whereas there's so many times I see him breaking open, and if, you know, if Jameis puts the ball five yards to the left, he's going to run under it. Instead, he throws it five yards over his head. And these are things you would think that we get taken care of in practice, but game speed's always a little bit different than practice speed. And for some reason, they... They haven't linked up this year at all, and he's Deshaun Jackson's clearly frustrated. Oh yeah. Do you do you be. think they kind of blew the season mismanaging his shoulder and and not giving Fitzpatrick to start earlier in the year? You know, kind of making him try to play through those couple games. Well, I mean, when your starting quarterback wants to play, you gotta let him play, and then if he goes on the field and he, he doesn't look right, you take him off the field. You know, you don't you don't think Brett Favre ever had a sprained AC joint? And he played he play through it. Yeah. You know, you, you got to let your guy play through his issues. He was hurting the team. 
Like I played, I played some games where I coach couldn't say, "Can you play?" I'm gonna tough it out. And then after the game, I shouldn't have played. I mean that that happens. But when you're in a quarterback position, you know it's so evident. Like they were showing last night before the game, some of his throws before the injury, then after the injury, and you could tell his mechanics were different. The zip on the ball is different. And I thought last night he played as well as I've seen him play in a while. I think it was the best game I mean, all year. I mean, complete in a long time. Like he looked young. His feet were great. He was making you know making the throws. Um, but then that being said, you're looking at statistically, you know, Deshaun Jackson, one catch. Uh, O.J. Howard, one catch. I mean, I, I don't. So to me, the equation is off somehow. Something is wrong. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's the play calling. But something's not, something's not right when you play well and lose anyways. You know, it doesn't matter if the Bucks play well or play poorly. They just lose. And I don't know if that's Dirk Cutter's fault. I don't know if it's Jason Light's fault. I'm, I'm not sure. But are you still overall, you're still on Team Jameis? Yes. Because, you know, we have we have a cousin, yes. I'll shout him out, Jesse Ojeda, who has been anti-Jameis for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he says that we should just, you know, we because what, what his contract's coming up, right? Well, they can yeah. they have the chance to pick up the option on the fifth year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. But he's already on team. Don't re-sign Jameis. Oh, I, I mean, you know, sure. so are, you're not on that team yet. You're still. Nope. Nope, I'm definitely on Team Jameis. I mean, at the beginning of this year, I heard, you know, John Gruden said, Jameis is going to be the MVP. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, just relax, okay? Yeah. Um, I heard some people say the Bucks were going to go to the Super Bowl. I, was, I knew they weren't ready for that yet. And then Jameis went from, if you talk about upcoming players, top five in the whole league, and in three weeks he plummeted all the way down to the bottom. You can't do that, though. He's still, he's still that player. Mm-hmm. There, just was a, there was a little bit. You know, you take the, these five games out of his career, which happened this year, the rest of it's pretty darn good. Like, Jameis was pretty damn good last year. He was he pretty was. damn good his rookie year. So that's what it is. There's so many players now who play three good games, and everybody wants to anoint them something. Happens all the time. Yeah. And then what happens three weeks later? Either they start stinking or they get hurt. I heard people saying, oh, Deshaun Watson, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's so disrespectful. To anybody in the Hall of Fame. Dude played five good games. You know what? He may not play a good game again. He might not. If you once you tear your knee up and you're a quarterback and you come back on a football field and now your legs are gone, now you gotta be a quarterback. Because I've always said if you if you're succeeding at quarterback with your legs, it's going to stop. You have to be able to throw the ball from the pocket to win on a consistent basis. Now what Cam Newton did that one year a couple years ago will never happen again. He was the biggest, strongest guy on the field, and he was lowering his head, and yeah. he did it for 16 games, which I can't believe he did. And I think he ran out at the he ran out of juice yeah. at the end. And you see, he doesn't really do that anymore. No, he's not trying to do that anymore. And nobody wants to. If you're a, if you're if you're an agent and you got a quarterback, you don't want your quarterback running the ball 20 times a game. You, you don't want that because his career is going to be ended real, real quick. Because the longevity of these guys, like what I played, I mean, quarterbacks they played every game. You know, I'm, you know, Troy Aikman and and Brett Favre and, and players like that, they they never missed games. What was Eli's streak? Like almost 300, something like that? That was 217 or something. Yeah, it's, that's a lot. It's incredible. Of, yeah. For a guy who really is not a mobile guy who kind of just stand, takes a lot of hits, never had great O-line. He doesn't take a lot of hits, though. I'll tell you what. Eli Manning and Peyton Manning were taught by a wise man, which I'm pretty sure was their father. Yeah. And the, the, the lesson was don't. Take a lick 
for a first down. It does. It's not worth it. Live to play another play and play another down because look at RG three. Okay, great. You're going to dive over six people head first and get a first down, but you might hurt yourself and not be able to play for six weeks. Yeah. Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. You watch when a sack, when somebody's coming down on them and there's a sack and it's going to be a sack. Brad Johnson steps in when he get belted in the face. Eli Manning just says, oh, I sit it down, and I come and play it again. But that's what made Brad Johnson what he is. And Brad Johnson didn't have the skill set of Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. Yeah. So he had to, toughness was a big part of his thing. But those guys were never, I never seen any one of those, well, the one time in the preseason I saw Eli Manning take, get belted and busted his head open. But you don't really see those guys get hit that much. And even Jameis, to me, gets hit too much. Like when you see a quarterback going down and trying to fight and spin and all that kind of injuries are coming. I read an article this morning that uh, there was friction in the Eagles locker room because I guess players have been telling Wentz that he needed to protect his body, and now they're kind of frustrated with mm-hmm. him because mm-hmm. they had a Super Bowl, you know, a run with that team. Correct. Did you would was that something that you think could happen? Would there ever be friction? Would the players ever look uh, out for players like that? Is that a possibility in locker rooms, especially with a mobile quarterback? Yeah, let me tell you about the, the locker room. People don't really mess with each other in a locker room, man. Like, I just, there's no time. Like, I, I, I got to take care of me, and that's a lot. So I have no time to worry about everybody else. You know, people, you know, people like to use the word leadership, and they, it's almost overused because, you know, they think, you know, people on the outside think that a leader is inside of a locker room telling people stuff. That's not it. That's the, like, Hardy Nickerson was a leader when I played back in the day. Uh, Mike Allstott was a leader in his own way. Uh, Paul Gruber was a leader. They didn't. They didn't t- say nothing. To me, I mean, they they were leaders because you put the film on on Monday and they were balling out. And they, those were great football players. That's why they're leaders. But people think that a leader is going to grab somebody in the locker room. Nobody's grabbing me in the locker room. Nobody's putting their hands on me in the locker room. There's a respect thing. Um, I was around for a long time, and you just knew don't don't grab Ian. That's just that's a respect thing. Don't grab Ian. <laughs> that was the rule. You, but everybody, in their own way, you have to figure out why you don't want someone to grab you. Right, that's, that's, right. It's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. Like Warren Sapp's a guy, and, and like me and Warren are good. Warren's gonna chin check you. That's just the way it is. If I if I'm at my office and Warren's there and you walk in, he's gonna chin check you in one way or another. He's gonna see what you're about. And he's going to see whether you step forward or step backwards. If you step backwards, he's going to keep on coming at you. That's the way it goes. So somebody like Warren Sapp, you know, Warren's a rookie, says something to me. I said, come here. I'll sit. And I said, you will not talk to me that way. We good? He said, we're all good. Walked off. That was it. He knew not to do that. Now, if you allow him to do it, he's going to continually do it. and He's never going to stop. So a locker room is that way. When I was a rookie, uh, I got treated like a rookie for a while. One of the older dudes stepped up to fight. You can back down if you want, but it's going to be a long year of people trying to punk you out. So I have to let people know right off the bat, I'm not that guy. So I, I whooped some tail that day, and I let everybody know I'm not that freaking guy. And everybody was like, you know what? You know what bullies don't want to do? Fight. Bullies don't really want to fight. Yeah. They just want to bully you. They just want to feel empowered. So if you whoop somebody's tail, the bullies will stay away from you. That's the best way. That's why when I hear this bullying and, you know— Everybody's crying. Oh my! Mm. I just didn't come from. I didn't come from that world. 
you know that's not that wasn't my world at all. No, not everybody got participation trophies. When, uh, when don't start. Sports. Don't get me started on yeah, that. I, I had a friend tell me his nephew is in a, a little league and they they don't keep score of runs or they just I go what that's not Dude. Real, that's not real life. Yeah, you no. Win in life and you I lose know. in life. What are you teaching? Yeah, and you play yeah. numbers along the way, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah right. It's, get it right. It's scary man. It's See, scary. I, I coached. Mean, I coached for six years and my, I watched my daughters play basketball and uh, they play at the Y and they wouldn't. They wouldn't change the score for more than 10 points. So if it was 80 to 20, they would just say 30 to 20. Like, they didn't want the kids to feel bad. I got some news for you. The kids know they're getting whooped. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not helping anybody, you know? And I, I you know, I used to have a, an office at the prep of South, South Tampa, and we were talking about this trophy thing one day on air. And one of the guys that, that works there, he says, you know, it's funny you say that. He goes, yesterday, for the first time, we said, we're not going to give out trophies. We're going to stop giving out trophies. And he said... Six parents came up to him and said, I'm not bringing my kid back here. And another six kids were crying, and they had to go find them trophies. That's where we are, dude. I mean, I'm 50, and I have three trophies. One's a championship trophy. Like, I literally have three trophies. One's a championship trophy, and two of them are MVP trophies. I deserve those damn trophies. Yeah. My kids have just closets full of trophies that look exactly the same. Same damn trophy. And they, they're just desensitized to it. And they just, now the kids expect a trophy. Not that they want it, they just expect it. Right. Because they're going to take it, and they don't, I loved my trophies. When I mean loved, I mean I had my trophies in my room, and they're set up, and I loved my trophies. These kids don't love nothing, man. They don't, they don't, they didn't earn it. And they, they, all these kids are growing up not earning things and not struggling. I struggled, bro. Yeah, I just, I'm wanted, still I just wanted the game balls. Yeah, but you know that's all I, mean? I wanted was the game that's balls. It, you knew man. that game. You you were the reason that you guys exactly. probably won. Exactly, the game balls were, was what I wanted when that's I played it. sports. Well, I mean, you don't get a game ball by not balling out. Exactly. Well, you shouldn't get a trophy unless you ball out. But, but there's a lot. There's a lot of trophies out there. This generation is scary. Yeah. You should youth. open up a trophy uh, shop. I never thought about that. It's a good idea, though. Hey. They're not stopping. They're no, not. They no. can't stop giving out the trophies, man. Yeah, it's like death taxes and trophies. That's it. <laughs> I never heard it that way. Yeah. But yes, I, I get it. I get it. So, so tell us a little bit more just about what's going on in Ian Beckles' world right now. I know mm-hmm. you know we mentioned at the beginning you got your own podcast and yep. you're doing a bunch of things. So, what's 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 the day to day like? What are you up to? Well, um, Dignitary is my brand. Um, something we started a while ago. It's a uh, it's it's kind of a concierge card that gives you discounts at places like the Blind Tiger. How about that? Yeah. So um, these are my people. So I represent some products out there, uh, some restaurants. Uh, you know, Manny and Gordon. I got a couple different people that I'm kind of like the, their brand ambassador. And uh, so what I I don't even really work for the station, the, the radio station. Mm. Uh, so I'm kind of like a, an outsider. Uh, I don't work for them. They don't pay me. We just kind of have an understanding to where, you know, my brand ambassadorship is going to run through the radio. And if you if you've been around radio, um, when you work for the station, that can't happen. When you work for the station, then you got to say what you're supposed to say. I'm in a different situation where while I'm on air, I can say whatever the hell I want to say. I can pump up uh, Cigar City. I can pump up anything I want. So that's that's a good thing. So what I'm doing is I'm doing marketing. Representing a bunch of brands, uh, Dignitary does a bunch of events. I think we do the best events in town. 
Uh, we're actually looking at doing a music fest coming up. Um, you talk to us about that, man. Oh, there's no doubt about it, bro. I mean, <laughs> we're going to do a music fest. Um, I've been talking to people at Cheval. We're going to use their uh, driving range, which is going to be plenty of space. Um, going to get an association with uh, people like Tito's and, and Bud Light and hopefully Cigar City and uh, truly even new company that I'm dealing with, the uh, yeah, legal the, um, the dispensary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my people. Yeah, yeah, they keep me right. Uh, so I got my uh, I got my card now. I'm official. Well, you, yeah. I mean, you. I yeah. have a buddy, Rodney Bailey. He played for the uh, Patriots and the Steelers, and he was uh, he had to do the whole process too because I mean he's been going to the doctors for the CTE and stuff, yeah, and sure. he's uh, he's it's you know it works. I imagine a lot of players, you know, especially you guys that have been in the league 10, 20 years. Yeah. that's something that they turn to. What, what's your take on that? Do you think active players should be able to use it? Of course. Come um, on, come on. Yeah, but come on, come on. Get changed in the CBA? <laughs> no, 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 no. But come on, let's. It's yeah, it's I, I'm two, with you. Yeah, I agree. It's 2017 I mean, it, it, now. You Listen, can't look at the facts now. Just, just read it. Yeah, read exactly. about it. Yeah, yeah, like there's literally totally. studies that show that marijuana is good for football players. That's okay. So, okay, if you can't smoke marijuana, and let me say this: if you pass your drug test in July, which is one drug test that we have, uh, if you pass that drug test, that's the only time you get tested for illicit drugs throughout the whole season. So you can smoke weed all year long, and everybody does. All players. Funny thing, I did not. I didn't. I didn't even try uh, uh, smoke weed till I was thirty-five. Okay, everybody else was smoking around me all the time. There's study that marijuana is the best, and I'm gonna say drug, but it ain't a drug. The best thing for football players because instead of taking anti-inflammatories and Xanax and Ambien and all the stuff that tears your body up. You're smoking something that's from the earth. That's you know you can look and see the negatives. There's not many. There's not many. So it's it's getting to a point now where I don't even know what people are fighting anymore. They're just fighting big drug money. That's yeah, all the they're doing. Company. That's all. They're, and that's the all people they're doing. who the you know the political people who get the money from the that's all it is. That's all, all it is yeah. now though. But it's to a point now when I hear people speak out against it, I just I just I just go yeah. somewhere. I mean, what about like a Denver Bronco player? Shouldn't they be able to smoke? They live in. Well, Colorado. they do. Yeah, they don't. But they per don't. NFL rules, they obviously can. They, can, they but, cannot. You know, yes, you would think. Hey, I live in a state where mm-hmm. I'm allowed to do it. I should be allowed to do it. You know? Zeke but, Elliott got in trouble for just walking in a dispensary. That guy doesn't know somebody's going to take a photo of him. On. But you know. yeah, but, yeah. but he's in Seattle. It's I can mean you correct. and anybody else can do the same mm-hmm. thing. So because he does what a normal citizen mm-hmm. does. But like you said, mm-hmm. he's the star of America's team, the Correct. Dallas Cowboys, the mm-hmm. number one football team. Mm-hmm. It gets magnified to something way bigger than it really is. But isn't it crazy, though? Isn't it crazy that everybody else is walking around allowed to do it? And because you play a game where you smash your face into somebody for a living, you can't do it? That doesn't make any damn sense, does it? And 90% of the people in there probably wouldn't recognize him because no. you don't see his face. Exactly. So that's that's the other thing. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's, I, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I think the NFL players and I think all all athletes at this point for, you know, paying benefits, but sleeping they do. benefits, whatever. They, yeah. But like you said, it could uh, it could totally ruin their career. That's what's surprising me that you're saying that everybody's doing it. They're all doing it. Everybody's and it's not a secret. It's like well, it's a secret. Well, I mean, yes. but I mean, amongst players, everybody's like, well, I nobody talked about it, but I know what's happening because okay. I I was I didn't smoke yeah. at that time, so, so you weren't in the cool kids club. Nope, I was. You know, <laughs> I was actually like the, the funny duddy from back in the day. You know, the funny part was uh, a lot of guys. Uh, if you get busted at some time, then you're on a program and you got to pee twice a week. So that I knew some people were on the program. And I had a couple of times had people call me like, yo, dude, I need some pee. 
Like I had the cleanest pee in the team, bro. So I used to people I used to come and pee for people and they do whatever they gotta do. Uh-huh. But I mean, I was the only one with clean, clean pee back yeah, in the day. Yeah. So hope you said a burn steakhouse yeah. on you for hooking well, you up or something yeah, like I that. Little I should have charged people for yeah, it. Right. You know? yeah. But you know, it's um people think that athletes are are the cleanest like people, oh you guys have to eat clean. Get out of here. Yeah. Nah, man. I mean, a lot of athletes eat, drink, do whatever. There's guys acting a full day day of the game. I knew some players that would drink three balls of wine the night before the game, yeah. before a start. Every, we're just, was, there's a lot of crazy cats, man. Who's the pitcher that threed the no-hitter on LSD? Doc, Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis. Yeah, they, R- R- Rasheed Wallace said that he would smoke on the way to the game. Of course. He's like, I would walk through the hallways. I know people smelled it. He's yeah. like, no one would tell me anything. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not... it. it once again, I didn't do it until late in my life. And somebody, my, my boy was like, hey, uh, let's go get a little something and lift weights. I'm like, that's stupid. Until I did it and I got it and it made sense. You know what I mean? So basketball, it doesn't mess with your cardiovascular. It just kind of relaxes you a little bit. Yeah. So I, I don't think I, would, I wouldn't smoke and play football. I don't think that's a good idea. But basketball, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I liked uh, Pat McAfee, the punter for the Colts. When he uh, he retired, he said the first thing he did the next mm. day was he took an Adderall. And he, and he tweeted out. He goes, now I know why this thing is, is a banned substance. He's like, I feel like <laughs> well, I could do anything on this yeah. thing. He's like, now I get it. But I thought it was funny. That was literally the first day after his retirement. Mm. He tweeted that. I was like, now I get it. Well, actually, I, was, I just had an evaluation um, for the CTE thing. Uh, I'm fine. But you have to get yourself evaluated because if 10 years from now there's an issue, they have to have something to, to fall back on. So I did the whole CTE thing. And, you know, my memory itself, like if you make me remember stuff, it's not great. But like that, it's almost like an IQ test. And that's really how I've, I've excelled in my whole life. I'm good at common sense. So the doctor's like, yeah, you're, you're answering these questions too quick. So you can't go in there and play dumb, right? Yeah. But but the memory part of it wasn't great. Like, he's like, give me a few numbers and remember it, and it wasn't great. So he prescribed me Adderall. And uh, I get it. I swear to God, if I was playing right now, I would never want to play without an Adderall. I'm just telling you. I mean, I never, I've never done cocaine. I don't know anything about it. I know some players play with it back in the day. But an Adderall is like... I'm just telling you, bro. Even, for film, like, even film prep. Dude, you can lock in for four or five hours and yeah, feel like in yeah. you know, 30 minutes. Yeah, the first time it. I took one, I got on the radio. I, I, I caught myself talking, writing, texting, and thinking about three things at the same time. It was the craziest, and I was like, I'm freaking Superman. Yeah. And then I went to the office, and I made 30 phone calls. I don't never make a phone call. Never. Like, I'm scared of my phone. And I went to the office and I'm like, oh my God, I love the phone. And it was like, and it was the most productive day of my life. And I go, this is the best thing in the world. So if those players, I guarantee, and the NFL is not the only place that's Adderall is prevalent. Sure. Every bar out there, everybody, everybody at 2 a.m. is popping them and, and schools, you know. People pull it all nighters and stuff like that. Yeah, they they prescribe them like candy. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so we're pretty much out of time. But before before we go, uh, I had I have to ask. Go ahead, because one of my favorite stories, Mm -hmm. just period. Okay. Is, is the police horse okay? Okay. So what what happened with the police yeah. horse? Okay, <laughs> was it a poke? <laughs> no, or like a- yeah. Well, um, well, back in I don't know how many years it was, six years or so ago. It was twenty twelve. Uh, yeah, I know. was it twenty twelve? <laughs> Damn, you know more than me. Um, I was at the Citizen Cope concert. 
Um, and it was a great concert. Was that the Emily Arena? No, it was at uh, Janice Live. Janice Live. Okay. Janice Live. Okay. So it was and, the same piece. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I know the horse cops. Yeah, 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 they yeah, are yeah, not yeah. first well, Friday. I've seen well, there's it. a lot of things I learned after the fact. Uh, this is what I learned after the facts. Don't pet a horse. Okay. Don't pet a cop horse. Did you ever hear that before? No. Have anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, yeah. a cop. I, yeah. He goes, if you do you, this, it's it's you it's can like be you arrested. Hit me you can be arrested. On don't pet a cop. Don't touch. Don't pet a canine dog. He told me. I go, yes, <laughs> sir. And I've never since then. I don't yeah. even look at. Him. Well, you know what they could actually do if you pet a horse, they can really arrest you for like, that's a cop. Yeah, assault yeah. on an assault on an officer. On an officer. Yeah. So. You know, after the Citizen Cope concert, and me and my boy was there, um, and uh, we were good. We were good, feeling good. Okay, and we had a car that we, you know, that we had it was across the street. And if you come out of Janice, the car is right across the street. So you know, I'm thinking, I don't want to walk all the way to the corner and do all that. I'm just kind of sneak right across. In Tampa, you could jaywalk and nobody gives yeah. a crap. Then I found out afterwards, also St. Pete ain't Tampa, and St. Pete cops are not Tampa cops. So I walk across the street halfway, and all of a sudden, this guy, the cop comes with a horse across from me. And once again, I'm playful, Ian, giddy, joking around. I'm like, all right, guys, all right. And I pet the horse, jokingly. And he didn't think it was funny. And next thing you know, I put my hands behind my back, and he's yelling at and And at first, I really thought that uh, he was joking. <laughs> because I'd been pulled over before by a cop mm-hmm. to tell me he loves my shop. <laughs> and I said to the cop, I go, Thank you, but please don't don't yeah, brothers don't have to get pulled over. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, you never know what's going on in that car. You know, he pulled Scary me over and I'm tripping, you know. Yeah. So no um reason. like yeah. I was waiting for him to laugh and say, Oh man, I love your show. Like I literally and next thing you know, I'm sitting in the back of a, a paddy wagon driving with all these lunatics, and a dude beside me says, What are you in here for? And I literally go, I go, I no, I've no idea. I go, I have no idea. Like I didn't know what I did. I was I was I drunk? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, but I just I didn't I didn't do anything, so that's my story. St. Pete, man, yeah. that's why I stay away from there. Yeah, I love, I love how you were basically like because you you were on the air the next morning. Right? Next morning, yeah, and me like an idiot, I thought that uh, nobody was going to hear about it. Yeah. I was wrong. No, I was wrong. It, it was like it was everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> like it was on Channel Eight. They stopped the news. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and they put my Ian picture. Beckles strokes a horse. Seriously, breaking news. Ian Beck was arrested for some sort of a police officer. And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't know I was that popular. Cool. Yeah. But it's cool to be that popular. Not so cool for your kids. Sure. Who my wife, for some reason, didn't tell them anything as they went to school. And I was like, hey, your dad got arrested. And my kids were like, no, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, he did. It's not. So that wasn't that didn't no, turn out that well. No, I just love like the the Tampa Bay Times article. I pulled mm-hmm. it up and th- just the way they wrote it. It said another officer began to yell, "Don't touch the horse! Don't touch the horse!" Mm-hmm. Beckles touched the horse. <laughs> it was a beautiful horse. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was beautiful. Really, That's yeah, great. yeah. I mean, once again, you learn. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, I will learn. never touch a horse because yeah, of yeah, you. Yeah. So thank you for. Yeah, going you, you that also point. you also learn who your your real friends are too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had some people looking at me funny, and I was. I looked at them. I go, "Did you read the story? Yeah. Did you read the story? And who got hurt but me? And nobody got hurt. Yeah. I didn't hurt the horse. No, I'm the one that got hurt. I got to deal with all this crap. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Nobody got hurt. And that's why I said to my kids, I said, "Hey, I go. First of all, I was wrong because I, I told my kids if your teacher comes and says you did something, you're wrong. Then we talk about it, but you're wrong. So I said, first of all, I was wrong. 
but then read it and see who got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Right. You know, your father's yeah, on a yeah, bad there's, person. There's a lot no, worse. No. You know, there's yeah, a lot. There's a lot. A lot like, there's a lot of stuff. You know, you, I didn't put my hands on nobody. Yeah. And, you know, and the cop who looked at me and I looked at the cop in his eyes and I just saw that he didn't like me for whatever reason. Yeah. He didn't like me. And then I then I just and I was like, so you're so I guess you're a tough guy. I guess because I mean, you don't you don't have to arrest somebody if they touch the horse. No, it's you on you. To, yeah. Right. It's on you. Like I, I heard I heard of a story. Uh, uh, this player at the uh, 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 Florida that barked at a police dog through the window and got arrested. Fucking what? No, you know what I'm saying? No, like so. Is there a rule against that? Yeah, is there a rule against me making noises in public? Fuck you. Well, but listen, this the other day, I can't remember who the actor was, or it might have been an athlete. He called a cop a bitch, and next you know he's being arrested. You better not. If you piss a cop off, a cop will just going to arrest you. You don't have to. You don't have, have to have a reason. Yeah. A reason is you pissed him off. I mean, cops have a lot of... Listen, I have the utmost respect for a cop. Yeah, I, really, I would never call a cop a bitch. Yeah. Absolutely like, not. not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And the thing is... I'm scared of cops, and I'm also scared of horses. That's why it's so funny that I just, I'm terrified of animals in general. Like, I don't touch nobody's animals. And I was just at uh, Citizen Cope concert, got me all right. Citizen Cope, man. He's nice, though. He's nice. Yeah, man, he's nice. That's awesome. All right, well, Ian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anytime, anytime. We'll we'll have to come on, uh, you know, in the trenches. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Let's get it done, man. Absolutely. We can go for hours. You can go for hours for bucks. Well, I can tell you guys are legitimate Buccaneer fans and what, I mean, what you guys have spat out, spat out today. You guys taught me some things as well, some statistics yeah, I don't even know. I only remember the, the losses, hardly remember any of the big... I mean, you remember the big wins, but I remember a lot of the... Big wins? Yeah, yeah, I mean, big wins. big wins. The, the Rams, Monday night games in the early 2000s. That's a long time ago. Warren, <laughs> yeah, I, a, I mean, I got the grasp on Raheem went 10-6 and, and we missed yeah. the playoffs. That's about the best. How old are you? I'm actually 30, believe it or not. Okay. So, you, I mean, I've been going up. since about seven, six, seven years old. My dad of those games. And, and I never realized it, but, you know, somebody who's 25 years old, they don't know nothing about the Bucks being good. Like, nah. they don't know nothing about it. You know, there's a lot of people here that don't, that haven't seen any success. But for the last 10 years, it's been god awful. The only game that felt like in 08, you know, 98 to, mm-hmm. was last year's game when they finished that five-game win streak and beat Seattle at home. Okay. That was the first time in that stadium, the mm-hmm. buzz, the excitement, the crowd, the energy, the defensive, mm-hmm. getting the crowd up. That was the first time since, you know, a playoff season mm-hmm. that, I, that I felt like that in that stadium. And it carried over to the beginning of this year it because I, I went to a couple of events um, and people were amped. People I was were amped. I was against the whole hard knocks thing because I felt like that kind of takes people out of their normal routine. Okay. So I was kind of against it, and I kind of thought that they kind of just got bigger than what they were. They hadn't really won anything. They, well, just, they had a winning year. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't get a wild card. Ooh. So I was on the train, too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. We had all the pieces ready to go, but something. Well, to me, that's not going to be a difference between winning or losing. I think if you're a good football team, regardless, you're going to win. Um, but when you watch Hard Knocks, it makes you fall in love with people, not because of their play, but because of them. You talk about Baker. Baker. Everybody's like, oh, I love this guy. I love him, too. Not, not anymore. One sack. I mean, one sack, but I swear to God he makes one tackle a game. One, yeah. one tackle a game. And we, we got a lot of players making a lot of money making one tackle a game. That ain't, that ain't it, okay? And uh, there's not enough dogs out there because I'm watching other, other teams play, and I don't know their players, and they're out there balling out and, and playing hard. Like you, you could tell the feel's different. And our defense has lost its feel. 
Yeah. Other than Quan Alexander, there's not anybody really running around tattooing anybody. And uh, it used to be that way, and it's, it's, it's definitely not that way anymore. A long way back. To, I don't um, even know where they go now. That's yeah, what's scary. That's, I mean, they, they went from all this potential to now what? Such a such a plummet. Wow. Something, something's going to happen. We can spend uh, all, uh, yeah, all, we could. all 2018 <laughs> talking about it. You know, yeah. we're, I'm sure we're, we're going to be talking about it a lot. We're already doing draft talks. Yeah, so exactly. Look, look mm-hmm. Yeah, just just one question. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a group called Assholes and Cigars. Okay. Uh, and you've been nuked, wants to know, is that barbecue in Plant City he talks about really that good? Yes. Smoking Aces? Smoking Aces. It's 100% that good. I mean, I, I know barbecue, bro. I'm not going to play with you. I, I know barbecue. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in barbecue competitions. I've won barbecue competitions. I do a show with Ray Lampy, and he's, if not the foremost name in barbecue, second in the nation. So I'm, I've eaten it. I'm exposed to it. And I'll drive all the way to hell to Plant City for Smoking Aces. Wow. Their freaking barbecue is amazing. Robert, the, 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 uh, the chef, he's really a competition guy. You don't really see people that are restaurant owners and competition guys. He still does that. So his stuff is top notch. Okay, top notch. Yeah, there's, there's nothing that I would drive to Plant City for. So I understand. This is the yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> That's true. So. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks, man. Anytime.